0: To handle that cape for the last time.
1: Return to Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy N's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken,
0: Spoken Label. Hi, it's Andy N from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on. Beginning in 2016, and as of speaking, has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on spokenlabel, full stop, bandcamp.com. Although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish, I'm always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable me to keep the running costs of this podcast going. and Enjoy. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken Label. Hi, guys. Andy N. Spoken Label. Sunday afternoon. Yes. Lovely, peaceful day today. This is my actual last Spoken Label session for a month. Still be releasing everything, but I'm taking a wonderful break in August. To so help me celebrate that fact, I've got a wonderful lady with me today who I met, uh, she's read, read at the Speakeasy one, I think it's twice now, and we've got her on again coming up soon as well. Wonderful writer, Joe Somerset. Now, Joe, for people that don't know you, people look a bit about yourself first of all Can i know from talks to you previously you're richard from the birmingham area aren't you so which i can't hear in your accent i'll be honest with you but tell us about your creativity where it all came from originally
1: sure yeah yeah i grew up in birmingham uh till i was 18 and to be honest got out of there as soon as i could um <laughs> and, you know um moved to Manchester which just felt much more like, like like my natural cultural home really and interestingly my dad was from Manchester
0: oh, but wow. he got
1: out he got out from here as soon as he could so I don't know there's a pattern there <laughs> um, so but anyway there you go um I um but while, while I was in Birmingham you know when, as a young teenager I kind of got hmm. going with my writing by writing awful moody lonely poetry
0: <laughs> teenage <laughs> stuff yeah
1: <laughs> cigarette and all that sort of thing so you know all that but um when I um uh I became quite a political activist in the peace movement and mm. uh I started writing articles for peace news um and other newsletters and um um so so it kind of and I always wrote a diary I think that's mm. it not not necessarily every day, but several days a week. And I've done that since I was 15. So, uh, hmm. so there's a lot of juicy stuff there, if you care to look back at it, which I have occasionally.
0: <laughs> I've got that in the poetry there. I, yeah. I, was, I, I was writing when I was 10 and I've got one of got like, A5 hardback books. And some yeah. of the very early stuff is <laughs> incredibly revealing. Really
1: embarrassing as hell. Yeah. But also, yeah, there's bits in there. So, yeah. Um, so there we go. So, um, and I've also um, got an interest in history. So the diaries are really useful because hmm. I've actually got a record of the first ever Reading Festival in 1971. Wow. And who was, what I thought of them. And um, was, it actually, print-
0: was it printable? <laughs> was it what? Was it printable, those first acts then? What you thought? No, 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 before that. <clears throat> so ah. um,
1: yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so the, the rock histories kind of say that uh, Genesis played, but they didn't, they cancelled. So anyway,
0: uh-huh. uh,
1: there we go. But anyway, so in my 20s, I was, I was doing quite a bit of, like, uh, you know, various bits of writing. And mm. um, I, um, but not, not in a structured way, although I would have wished that I could. But when I was in my 30s, um, I, um, I went to an Arvon course.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, And that was amazing. My partner was trying to uh, make her way as a poet at mm. the time. And um, I wasn't even supposed to be at the course because uh, <laughs> I was there <laughs> as her helper because she was disabled. Um, was Sue Napolitano, who's kind of known in some circles. Um, and, uh, but I just found it really inspiring and amazing. And I wrote an amazing story and I came back and I thought, oh, I'll write a novel out of this, which I didn't, but I carried on, carried on writing throughout all that period. Um, and after Sue died in the nineties, I was 40. I joined Northern Gay Writers at Common mm. Word. Um, Mm. and I got a real chance there to take stuff you know and share it with a group and get feedback from a group so I would say that's where my writing career really started and and kind of took off in a very small way I had a poem published from uh, there and then we were invited uh, all invited to submit to the first um, Diva book of short stories and I had a story in that so that was published in 2000 really, so brilliant. low burner but um you know s- slow but steady as my mr andrews my junior school teacher
0: <laughs> <like>. <laughs> some of the best to do it at a different pace like that so anyway i first came away with you from you obviously you know you're quite good friends with steve smyfe who i yeah. co-run speakies with obviously with my yeah. wife amanda and um and oh steve's mentioned you several times to me i was about and um, met you on your both doing an MA course in Salford, didn't you? Salford yeah. Uni. Yeah. But you were do, you doing other course before that, weren't you, in history or something in London? I right?
1: did, yeah, because what happened was when I was young, um I, I always liked history and I dropped out of the history degree I did at uh, started mm. at uh, Manchester University. Uh, And I just said when they I I kind of was quite arrogant as you are when you're 20 and uh, I said, oh, I'll come back when you do a course on what I called sexual politics. But when they were generally aware of gender and um, uh, LGBTQ issues, so which they was just nothing there. So now there is there's loads um so I dropped out so I always felt I'd like to know more about history so I went to uh, about how to do history so I went to um Birkbeck College in London for a year part-time and did a a course in, in how to do research and how to write history it was brilliant actually so right for me so that was in 2015 I think yeah 2015 so, which was the same year uh, that I was sixty, believe it or not. So wow. it was kind of really appropriate because I, I just thought, um, my me and my partner now we've got five kids and um, they're all they're all adults. They're all they're between the uh, late twenties, early thirties. Um,
0: they're off your hands and nothing else now and then, They're they? off your
1: hands. <laughs> They've become really nice people, <laughs> um, but wow. they. They just, there's a huge knowledge gap there. They don't understand what happened in that period, which was basically my lifetime, you know, mm. after World War up to, say, you know, 9-11, which was a, such a seminal event. They mm. don't know how the world was shaped up then, how it changed. You know, they might know about the the Cold War and the fall of the Berlin Wall, um, but not really all the significance, really, in in that period. And they certainly don't know how much women um, struggled and had, you know, uh, got the views of women, um, public views of women transformed. So I wanted to tell that story for that generation because they're now... The decision makers for our future.
0: Yeah, yeah, no I agree. Now God you've been telling me also before about you. I know you you I don't know we what is now you called it was auto was auto was auto, auto history you called it. Auto uh, history. I know it's auto yeah. fiction and I thought no that's a different genre altogether. No, yeah. It is.
1: It is. Yeah. So so what I thought was, well, I, I need to tell this story, but I need to tell it in an interesting and engaged way. So, mm. um, and what's, and this is linked back to the diary writing. Well, what what can I do? I'll, I'll I can focus it around basically my life. So take a look at um, the way the world was shaping up through the lens of my own um, uh, view of it, if you like. And um, so grew up growing up in Birmingham i had certain you know I was mm. uh, I was a little girl in Birmingham and there were lots of things going on there that um, impacted on the way I saw the world and then obviously I was a young person in Manchester very exciting place to be in the sort of you know late teens early 20s and everything and I've been here ever since so you know yeah, there's yeah, a lot. Course.
0: Yeah of course now I know obviously when you were doing your masters, you won the Leanne Bridgewater Award, didn't you? Oh, yeah. In 2020. And the piece was an alphabet of 18. Now, tell us about that piece, because that's, I know we've, right. talked about, we've talked about this one off mic. And I think it's, it's a fascinating piece, what you did here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, 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 um, I actually, I wanted to do an MA in creative writing and I got rejected by mm. uh, a couple of places and got really downhearted and thought, oh, nobody wants me and you know, my stuff's no good, you know, the usual stuff. And um, then I came across the Salford course and it's subtitle it's creative writing, then subtitled innovation and experiment. And I just thought, hey, that's something that's right. Right, just right for me because I want to try out all sorts of different things, and I've never settled. I've been a short story writer, I've written you know, uh, just narrative, uh, straightforward narrative uh, in my work, I've done uh, poetry on the side, I've done all sorts of things, so um, yeah, it was spot on. And um, so that was the prize, was I mean, Leanne Bridgewater, um, sadly took her own life she, you know so she yeah, very very a sad her.
0: story very yeah. very sad story and I, I know we've talked about it before I've, I, I met Leanne twice yeah. and the second yeah. first time she was completely drunk but she was a very very I think it I can imagine her what I've heard about his piece told me she would have loved this piece because she was a very very restless soul as a creative yes. person so. yeah
1: yeah yeah so innovation and experiment was the you know that was that was the award kind of thing and it was in definitely in her name but but um, I didn't know that was coming when I did my uh, alphabet of eating. So um, yeah, I just decided uh, this was part of the innovation side. Uh, I, I decided I wanted to try something out. So for 26 days, I ate my way through the alphabet. Um, oh, so <laughs> each day, I could only partake of things that uh, foods that started with uh, with that day. Uh, that with that the letter for that day. So A it was really easy because there was uh, you know apricots, aubergines, apples. All yeah, yeah.
0: What uh, was the day? What was the day that was the hardest, then? Uh,
1: prob- probably X. Yeah.
0: Could, uh, what, what did you eat with an X? Then? I'm going to ask. I'm curious I can't think of what you're. Yeah,
1: mean, I, I I found um, a recipe for Xavier soup, which is like <laughs> a broth some dumplings in it so like i had that about five times that day <laughs> uh, and uh, it's w after x then i had water whiskey wine so uh, it wasn't that healthy a, a diet in some ways but um, no. it worked and, and anyway so from that i wrote it i did a website i did a blog i did uh, i experimented with um different forms of writing about it and then i, I the whole thing had started with a poem So I ended up Mm. uh, putting my poem uh, on a tea towel. And that was my submission to uni was um, my poem on a tea towel and and the
0: website. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well done with that. Now, I know you've had some of your pieces translated into another language. And I've struggled with this one already when you told me it was when we spoke about this previously. Was it, um, oh, was it, oh, fresh memory, fresh mind memory. Uh, Was it?
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah. Catalan.
0: Catalan, who's something we see—that's dyslexia kicking in there, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that experience, because this uh, this sounded pretty interesting as well.
1: So, uh, Catalan is the language of Catalonia, Um, and way back in the eighties, actually, a group of uh, me and my my. Friends, associates. We wrote a, a short book called um, "Piecing It Together," and we were all involved in the peace movement. and It was about bringing together feminism and nonviolence, uh, mm. and it was quite a. a it, was, it was it was really off the moment and it was before Green and Common, but not long before. Um, so. Uh, but somehow or other these peace activists in Catalonia got hold of this um book uh, much later only I can't remember a, a number of years ago uh and said would would it be okay with us if they translated it into Catalan so it obviously had some sort of resonance for hmm. them um, and Catalonia is uh, a, a region of Spain uh, Barcelona's at the the heart of it, I think, um, and they are. Uh, there's a huge independence movement there. In ah, Africa. right,
0: right, yeah,
1: yeah. So Catalan is the language, a bit like Wales is separate from england and some people want to be independent but they've got their own language so it's sort of similar to that so yeah
0: brilliant brilliant i thought yeah, I mean, you mentioned that the last time we spoke and i thought i mentioned i forgot typical true to form me yeah. i forgot wrong and then didn't write down what the country was so yeah. but yeah yeah, yeah. and i one of my favorite pieces of yours another different note, because it's what i love chatting to you joeys you're you've got all sorts of all sorts of topics going off different directions I know you had, a, you had a couple of poems published in a wonderful website called Pies and Poems last year, didn't you? And my yeah. favourite one of yours was Queuing at Greg's. Now, yeah. I love this one because it's absolutely nothing about Greg's at all, have you, telling me so. so. So tell us about that next.
1: Yeah, um, so I was cycling up to uni um, uh, and... It was great doing the course at, at Salford University, because as it said, I, I could do anything, you know, so I, I, and I did, and I ended up thinking, well, actually I'm quite a hybrid writer, so I will write as, a bit more than as the mood takes me, but I, it's okay to plan to do all sorts of different writing. So I was cycling up, up, up Salford Crescent, and um, going past, actually it was going past a pizza shop, uh and this smell came out and it was absolutely uh overwhelming you know it was just like went straight up my nostrils Ooh. and i just immediately thought of the first line of the of the poem which is uh what a difference a dough makes oh, yeah. and um went and went into uni locked my bike went into the library and out came this poem, um, which was I really enjoyed doing. So although it's called Queuing at Greg's, which sounds better, um, it was inspired by a pizza shop. So
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, Greg still sounds better, yeah. But I said, well, I remember you mentioned this to me, and yeah, I know I know where that pizza shop was you're on about, because I'm having to make a few gigs over at my last band actually over at the Crescent, and that Hi. piece place is deadly. But yeah, in for creative license, yeah, Greg's is totally better with it. Yeah. So yeah, now, yeah. If people have to know you, I know you. You've got a massive interest in cycling as well, haven't you? Yes. And yes. there's two things I want to talk to you about this one as well. I know you're a member of Team Glow's Women Road Cycling Network. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. you also are involved with Bike Ride as well. So yeah. yes, tell us both. I know it's two things at once. Well, okay. Us about, tell us about that then. Where your interest okay. in cycling came from?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've always cycled just to get around, you know, since being a kid. Um, And I've had that many bikes nicked because I sort of (laughs) learned my lesson a number of times. But um, yeah, and it's always been a fun thing to do because getting, you know, you're out in the fresh air, but you're also mobile and you can get out and get out and around sort of thing, you know, go quite a long way. As a woman, at night, it's a safer way of of getting around than by walking and using public transport. So it's just always been part of my life. Um, and in two thousand, uh, my partner and I realised that um, there was for our young kids there wasn't any kind of cycle training or anything like that for for them um, as they were sort of in primary school. So they, to cut a long story short, we we started. We started up an organisation, got funding from local councils uh, and started to run these, what used to be called cycling proficiency, but it had fallen into abeyance, so then there was nothing. So Bike Ability was um, uh, a, a sort of launched as a national initiative just around then. So we, um, yeah, delivered that up and down the country, all over Greater Manchester, Merseyside, Newcastle, West Midlands, so from something – and we used our kids, as I said, as five of them. We used them as guinea pigs in the park. Well,
0: at first. You got fi- you've got to got them to experiment yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So – and the idea of bikeability, which uh, people might now remember, um, is that you, you're taught to cycle on the road to become a, a traffic user. So uh, so it's great. Really, you know, I really felt we were contributing something to society, if you like. Really, really. Um, so as an offshoot, quite a few of our staff were avid cyclists, more avid than I was. Um, but we got into, uh, me and my partner got into road cycling as a side thing. Um, and one of my friends started um, uh, a women's cycling network. Because, again, there were very few women road cyclists. And, and if there were, if you joined a, a club, then it was all men and you couldn't keep up. That's it's as simple as that. So... So Team Glow has been really a sort of um, uh, leisure thing for, uh, but really important for a lot of us to to go out at weekends all cycling together. And actually, one of our members is called Aileen McGlynn, and today she's cycling for Scotland uh, in the Commonwealth Games. And she won a silver medal on um, Friday. She's one of the para-athletes, so she's a tandem rider so um yeah definitely interested in cycling and that has entered my writing as well i have written a number of things
0: that's why we have people wondering that's why yeah because i know from talking to you, cycling is a big part of your poetry so that's my brilliant
1: yeah i've written like half a book it's called blood sweat and fears
0: Uh, (laughs) that's appropriate
1: (laughs) that you know I'm I'm still looking for someone to be interested in that, you know, as a as a
0: proposal. So yeah, now I run I think this brings us on next to well, we'll start winding up the chat bit now, so I want to get you to a few pieces in the second half. But I know you've got at least two projects on the go at the moment for up and coming events. And um well, I'm gonna let you talk but first of all. I know you told telling me before, weren't you? Yeah, I know you wrote a children's novel years ago, didn't you? And mm-hmm. touch wood. And I'm not. I'm not going to name who they are, and I don't think you will be either. No. Torchwood, that's going to get picked up by an independent press at the moment as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrote this children's novel in 2018, 2019, and it was inspired by um, uh, a, a trip that I made to um, the Outer Hebrides, where I've Ooh, been a lot of times. So... Um, and the, the book's called Mission Find Mum. Uh, and very briefly, uh, there's two children. They live in uh, somewhere like Birmingham. Well, it is Birmingham, really. Um, and their mum goes missing and they have to set out to find her. And uh, that's where they head for. So it's quite, it's an adventure story and a mystery uh, and all, and a number of stuff obviously gets revealed along the way so um so yeah so um, i'm right working on a rewrite of that at the moment which i'm very excited about
0: now last us last... sorry joe yeah. pardon me so oh, i know sorry. you've also got your auto history book still ongoing yeah. as well haven't you because i know you were yeah. last time we yeah. spoke you were talking about trying to get a draft done for the end of the year weren't yeah, you, as yeah. Well? yeah
1: so my so my auto history uh provisional title is born on the 4th of July, that's my birthday, and uh, it's kind of significant and I think it kind of places um, myself in history um, in quite a neat way, although it's also quite complicating as I found going out, uh, going along, because it's really the 4th of July was really uh, when, you, when you call it the founding fathers. First of all, there's a patriarchal aspect to that. And then there's obviously a uh, racial aspect to it as well, because it was the founding white father. So I'm, you know, am I celebrating uh, the achievements of white men or am I trying to transform it? So that's the idea is that I'm going to transform that concept into a kind of modern, um modern uh context if you like
0: brilliant a well, good look there definitely so now the other thing that I'm aware of you've got coming up and you might surprise me you, if you've got something else as well is this children book festival in September
1: oh yeah and, yeah. and I
0: know I know obviously you're you're involved we're shopping there at the moment aren't you I seem to call last time I heard
1: yeah, um, so Chawton Book Festival is in September, the uh, seventeenth <clears throat> to the twenty fourth of September, um, all over all around Chawton, and um, <clears throat> I'm going to uh, I coordinate or run uh, a writers' cafe there from the the Wednesday to the Sunday. Uh, so each day there'll be uh, an hour and a half workshop for people to attend uh, to come along to book in. Um, and it's a cafe set up. And the main purpose is for people to write because writing such an isolated thing that we, uh, you know, we just need that camaraderie as well. And that sort of somewhere to go, you know, to actually do our writing. So I've got a visiting author coming each day. Um, I've got uh, Jackie Cape, Rosie Garland, Martin Griffin and, um, and a publisher from zuntold books so each day they'll they're going to come along uh, yeah. to encourage people so but it's a real ordinary people sort of thing come along bring a you know your work in progress or a blank notebook it doesn't really matter um so and i think from that we will continue to have a weekly writers cafe and it's going to be at the edge art center in jolton so they're absolutely delighted to be hosting
0: it Brilliant Well good luck, Joe. Definitely. Now, if people want to find out more about you, obviously I, I'm aware of two places. And you've got we've got your website, haven't we? Yeah. writer.wordpress.com And it. I seem to call, are you still active on Twitter as well? Reminds yeah, I am. So,
1: yeah, yeah. At Joe Somerset on on Twitter. Um, and I I'm very um, what's the word sporadic on Twitter.
0: <laughs> so,
1: I think I said last time we talked, I only I only put writing stuff on if I'm a success if, when I, I, I put on successes. But I've started engaging a bit more with the writing community now good. on Twitter. So um yeah, I feel that's a a a good place to be um you know part of a, a whole network.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. A good little Joe, definitely with it. So both books and also your workshop as well. So right, well that's it for part one anyway. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. Joe's got a couple of pieces lined up for us. I'll see you all in a minute. Thanks again, John. Yeah. Thank you. Spoken label. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken label. The wonderful Joe sunset. Straight over to Joe now. She's going to do a few pieces for us. Over to you, Joe.
1: Hi again. Um, well, Andy, you mentioned first of all um, my. Um, queuing for Greg's poem that was produced in the um, Pies and Poems website. So I thought I'd start off with that. Um, it's actually got another title, Love Rising. So I kind of, you know, not can't quite decide which is the best one. But uh, here we are. What a difference a doe makes, Needing her as if they'd never had that scorching row, hoping she'll rise and rise again after the next punching down, this time playful. Grabbing by the handful, her giving way to plunging fingers, sinking stickily, and being shaped and rolled, and tucked into lightly greased pans, eased in by loving hands, and oh, so delicately rising once more. Some call it proving before the heat turned up a gaze at her perfect dome and sliding her in to bake what a difference a dome makes
0: wonderful stuff i think it's absolutely superb that definitely so and what well, i love what your work joe is almost like is the way and this is a great example of it but there's not a word out of place and you can see that you've put a lot even you, I know you said the first time you're up know, it's reasonably quickly it feels like to me that there's not a word out of place there so that one's all tremendous stuff.
1: Right, right. And I, I what I enjoy about it is the unspoken stuff. So there's kind of, you know, um, in my imagination, there's a bit of a darkness behind it that um um we're not quite sure whether this is fun or you know only one person's idea of fun. So yeah, no,
0: I agree. I agree. I think great work sometimes is encourages the actual reader. To work on the piece, it's not a piece as immediate, and that's what I like about that piece as well. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Should we go for should go for piece number two then? Should
1: Okay. This is um uh, I've written an article for the journal Writing in Practice. It's coming out um, I don't know quite quite soon I think. um It's about Born on the Fourth of July, my auto history. uh but The title of the article is Prelude, Preamble, Precursor premonition so apart from the fact that i like alliteration uh really it's a um a reflection on on the on my practice and on the writing process and within that uh, um i've taken extracts from from my actual work in progress to show my kind of thinking uh about history and how to express it um so the first piece is uh, a kind of prose poem that I wrote because I was thinking about history and how to express it and the fact that history is only a point of view and usually it's the point of view of the oppressor, actually, the one who survives. So um, this is the first bit and it's called, um, uh, well, I'll just start it because the first line is the same thing. I would like to revisit the notion that men make their own history even though some women like Ban Zhao squeezed their noses in and others like Sappho wrote history in poetry. But because Herodotus, a poet, wrote about wars and Sappho portrayed society, love, he was called a historian and she wasn't. So there's my starting point. It's like, come on, let's get these voices in there uh, to contradict all that crap from from previous uh, millennia
0: onwards. <laughs> really powerful, that. Yeah, it made me think in a way, a different way, straight away. That Joe. So, but anyway, tremendous today. It's been great to catch up. So, I've really, really enjoyed the session today. I want to thank you for today, first for Joe, and thank you for your patience as well. Because people want not necessarily know we've tried this podcast before and we hit a few hiccups on it. But yeah, I'm glad we got a chance to catch up today. So thank you again for it today. So hang around because obviously we've got more to sort out behind the scenes. But it's been a pleasure today, Joe.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Right, guys, girls, that's the end of Spoken Label for today. Now, as Don Callis, Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. And we'll see you all next time. Spoken Label.